Welcome in to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Monday, October 26th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, and on today's show, I'll be joined by my co-host, John DeShazer, as we welcome on New Orleans advocate and Times-Picayune writer Luke Johnson to recap the Saints' 27-24 win over the Carolina Panthers on Sunday in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Well, the Saints got a win, so you know what that means. Cue the music. Hopefully that puts you in a good mood for your Monday following a big Saints win over NFC South rival in the Carolina Panthers. Let's go ahead and get into our interview with Luke Johnson. And, and Luke, I want to start with you on this question. The Saints were without you know, their, their all-star wide receiver and Michael Thomas. They lost Emmanuel Sanders late in the week due to COVID-19, but it seemed like on Sunday, the Saints were as close to their offensive potential, and that's something that we've been talking about through the first few games of the season, that it doesn't quite seem like the Saints, and they have said this too, are reaching that offensive potential. So yesterday, when they're down their two top wide receivers, why did it seem like they were close to that offensive potential? And, and Luke, like I said, we'll start with you since you're our guest. Well, yeah, I, I think one thing's been made pretty clear these last couple of years that this, this Saints team kind of thrives off of adversity and Sean Payton in general. He talked to us yesterday about uh, once he found out that Emmanuel Sanders was out, it's just like they, they just went into grind mode and stayed up till 3 a.m. figuring out the offensive game plan without him. And, they, you know, at that point, they probably knew that they were going to be without Michael Thomas, too. So, um, yeah, they had, to, they had to figure something out. And that's, that's when they kind of thrive. And you saw it from the very start of that game. They, they went on a 14-play, eight-and-a-half-minute drive. Uh, five different players caught balls in that drive. Three different players ran the ball in that drive. That, that was all part of the plan for them. Um, and it, it was it was super impressive. Um, and, and I think that's that's one of the things about this team is, is obviously they would rather have Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders in there. Those guys are going to be huge parts of their offense. They need them uh, down the stretch and, and whenever they're in the, the playoffs to be playing at, at a high level. But I don't think you can you can say that if you're going to pull one or two guys off of this offense that they're not going to be the same offense because they've got the the trigger man in there. Um, obviously, AK had a huge game yesterday. They're they're a, a well put together, well designed offense that's going to be able to overcome some of that sort of thing. And JD, yeah, I, I think Luke hit it. Um, you know, you get some rally the troops mode. Everybody feels like they've got a pick up a little bit more, or at least you can't make as many mistakes as maybe previously, because, you know, you get a Michael Thomas and an Emmanuel Sanders, maybe they, those guys can erase some mistakes. And also, in fact, uh, Carolina defensively has, you know, kind of no idea what to look for. They don't know a thing about Marquez Calloway. Um, Marquez Calloway uh, didn't have any preseason games on tape. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a training camp uh, that, every, you know, everybody could kind of, chronicle and, and those kinds of things so they didn't have anything to go by until he got out there and started slicing them up and by then it's too late uh, so you get into those situations where you know maybe even you get a defense to exhale a little bit okay we won't see Michael Thomas we won't see Emmanuel Sanders um, maybe mentally there is you know a little bit of a break taken but I thought the 
efficiently, uh, efficiency just jumped off off the page. It was almost as if uh, Bree said, "Okay, we're a little bit limited in terms of personnel, and so we can't make any mistakes." And they they operated that way. Uh, and even when they made a mistake or two and got behind the chains, they were able to to wipe it out. So you know, it was probably as as good efficiency. You know, when you're talking about twelve or fourteen on third down, who 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 hears of that? Who does that? <laughs> So, so when you when you talk about you know from that standpoint, I thought they rallied really well without their guys. And, and and Drew Brees, you touched on him a little bit, JD, and I, I want to start with you on this question. I think Drew looked the best that he's looked this season. Is can you attribute that to you know the the lack of off season that the Saints had? Is it just comfortability now with players like Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris? Like is that is that factoring into the comfortability, or or what can you attribute to Drew looking more like the Drew that we're all accustomed to seeing? Well, it could be all of that. I mean, you can certainly attribute all of that to it, uh, but some of it is you know Drew Brees is a prideful man. <laughs> For the last three, four weeks or previous three, four weeks, people have been saying, well, eh, he don't look the same. Uh, he's a little old. Oh, his arm doesn't look good. And, you know, that's going to crawl under that guy's skin. Now, he might not, he'll, he'll probably never admit it. You can't tell me that that doesn't bother him and that he doesn't want to show up. And then, you know, you get a little bit limited. And so, you know, that's one of those, I'll show you kind of games exactly who I am. And if Carolina decides to not, apply a, pro, a lot of pressure in Carolinas, you know, kind of, you know, I guess maybe dared him. Okay. We'll see if you can beat us throwing it. He says, okay, I can still do that. Uh, he, you know, if, if he gets time from that offensive line, he can still do that. He's still got those abilities. So, you know, it was one of those games where Drew Brees was quote unquote Drew Brees. And Luke, I want you to add to that, but I want to kind of reposition it a little bit because it seems like whenever a guy like maybe we'll throw out a name here, Tom Brady throws an interception. It's, it's just another interception. But when Drew Brees does it, it's like, Oh, he's old, throw him out. He's, he's, he needs to retire. Like, why is that the case? I have no, I have no idea. People are so ready. People are so ready to, to just like, they, they have been waiting for years. I feel like to, to be like, well, clearly he's, he's lost it. And maybe it's because, Maybe it's because Drew has been doing this the, the whole time and defying expectations this whole time in his career. You know, he's six feet tall. He's not a big guy. You know, he's system quarterback, whatever. Yeah, people have been have been just ready uh, to, to declare the end of Drew Brees for years. And I just I don't I don't get it. Uh, uh, like last year, last year he had like 27 touchdowns, four interceptions and like, uh, 115 passer rating. Um, yeah, I, I understand people saying like, he, he doesn't throw the deep ball very well. And, you know, I think that is what it is, but when, when he's going well, it was, it, it, it's, it, it's games like yesterday, um, where he's, he's putting the ball right exactly where he needs to. And he's, he's like that touchdown pass to Jared Cook right. uh, was just the perfect example of, of, of Drew Brees playing at a high level where he throws it to the boundary. The defensive back has absolutely no chance. And he's got a six foot five tight end who's an athletic freak. And he knows that Jared Cook can just, you know, go, go gadget arms out to the, to the boundary and, and, and like snag that touchdown pass where he's the only player who can do that. And I, I think that's where Drew has struggled this year 
it's not it's not that he's not pushing the ball down the field it's it's when he's he's not been like pinpoint on these uh these underneath and intermediate routes and uh, you know i think we saw that a little bit of that last week where he kind of struggled to start and then he, he picked it up this week he was just really good from start to finish yeah. um and maybe eventually um you know when when it's all said and done people will be like oh you know what actually drew was was really really good the entire time and maybe we're a little bit uh too yeah. quick to jump the gun there and, and piggybacking off of that i think a lot of that is kind of the rush to be right you know you you, you know you want to be the first person to say you know what i told you <laughs> yes if you say it often enough eventually you will be right you know if i, if I start saying right now i'm gonna hit the powerball you know in eight years you know i'll be right maybe if i <laughs> play it <laughs> but and, and and tom brady's gotten a little bit of that but tom brady gets more of a benefit of the doubt because he's got those six rings if you got that many rings, people will kind of back up off of you a little, a little bit and give you the benefit of the doubt. Whereas every time Drew Brees has, you know, what is considered a rough patch, you know, it's the demise of Drew Brees and, you know, hey, you got to get another quarterback and, you know, who's available. You got to bench this guy. You can't throw the deep one. And he's like most quarterbacks in NFL history. If you protect him, he is pretty good. <laughs> if you don't protect him and he gets roughed up, and he gets pushed off his spots. All of a sudden, he looks a little bit more ordinary. Guys, we've talked about the adversity of that the Saints team has had to go through through these first couple of weeks, and how hopefully it's building them to become stronger. <clears throat> excuse me, later on in the season. But the leading receiver for the Saints yesterday, Marquez Callaway, eight receptions, seventy-five yards. It, and it's funny because coming into the season, we we talked about how many offensive weapons the Saints had, and now you're just adding one. How much does Marquez Callaway's development now help the Saints later on in the season? JD, I'll start with you, or Luke, excuse me, I'll start with you. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I could really answer that because eh? I, I think I think it's uh it's it's just a sort of symptomatic of this team where they they feel like uh, look we really like this guy and we're going to show confidence in this guy. And even though he hasn't really done anything up to his, in, in his career up to this point, like we're going to show him that like, Hey, it's okay. And you can go out there and you can be our, our number one guy. So like, I don't, I don't even know if, if like, if Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas get healthy and I don't know if we'll ever see this out of Mark West Callaway again this year, but the fact that it's there and they know they can count on the guy is, is good for the team and it's good for Marquez Callaway. And it's, and it's, it makes them even more difficult to prepare for because it, it's just like, it's, they can pull somebody into their offense and plug him in and have him catch eight passes for 75 yards before he goes out of the game with an injury. Like he could have caught, he could have topped a hundred yards yesterday. So I, I think, um, I think that's just more more than anything for me. That's just a sign of of this offense uh, just being so well rounded that they could they could really they could really just. I mean, it's not like they could plug me in there and I could do it. But <laughs> yeah, they 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 know they do a good job of identifying talent, and then they know those guys can go in and just be trusted to to produce whenever their number is called. JD, anything to add to that? I can read yeah, your body. I ain't, well, I ain't going to disrespect Luke. I think he can go out there and get a couple of catches. <laughs> I think they can scheme him open. <laughs> but, you know, it, it depth-wise, you know, you you imagine what this does for a team because now all of a sudden, you know, you get you get back your first two guys, you know, Thomas and Sanders. And then Traquan Smith now suddenly 
And it's great competition, but Traquan Smith can't slip because he knows he's got a guy who can go out there and play that number three spot and probably play it pretty well. So it, it really ramps up your competition and makes, I think, everybody a little bit hungrier and hopefully a little bit better. And let's not forget, Deontay Harris also contributed some as a receiver yesterday. Again, you just build in the depth down the line because, you know, it's the NFL. Guys get hurt. Uh, they always get dinged up. So you need somebody to take those reps and somebody to play in those games. But also, even if guys don't get hurt, you, you can go deeper into the well and have guys who can give you, you know, who can not just dress up, who can actually come out there and give you contributions, big contributions on offense. JD, this next one, I'm going to start with you. And, and then Luke, you can follow up after it. And I'm not even going to ask a question. I'm just going to throw out a name. Alvin Kamara. I got nothing to say. <laughs> nothing. I mean, you know, I mean, because I, I, you know, I'm supposed to be a journalist. I actually have a degree, folks. And I just don't have words for the man anymore. It, it's, you know, it, he does stuff. And it seems like every game he'll do something where you'll say, you know what? I hadn't seen him do that before. Yeah. Or he'll do something that's like, okay, how did he get out of that? I think he had like yesterday, he had like a two-yard game where two guys got him squared up. And it's like, okay, how does he squeeze through that to get a couple of yards? So I, I, I don't know. I got nothing. I, I really have nothing. <laughs> Luke, anything to add to the nothingness? <laughs> the Baba Yaga. Yeah, he's, he's the boogeyman. He's, he's John Wick of the NFL, man. I, like, I, I, I love watching Alvin Kamara play football. Like it, it is, I, I was saying this on, I was on the radio with somebody this morning and he very much feels like, like our generation's version of, of Barry Sanders um, where, where he just does things that completely defy explanation and leaves guys like John DeShazer, who's been writing words for decades, completely wordless. Yeah. I, I think um, it's just, it's it's so much fun watching him go out there and be on a football field with guys who are being paid millions and millions of dollars to do this this job and make them look like they're playing a completely different game like they're playing like jb football while he's the only varsity player out there it's so much fun to watch and i i'm just so happy that um he's healthy and we're all getting a chance to to see this this year because um like truly truly special stuff the bobby yaga that's what i got <laughs> Switching over to the defensive side of the ball, um, Marcus Davenport obviously had that huge sack for the Saints yesterday, and, it, and the, the Saints seemed like every other play they were getting close to Teddy Bridgewater, but they couldn't quite bring him down. It was funny, Sean Payton said after the game, you know, I don't remember him moving that well when he was here, which is pretty funny. Um, but as far as Marcus Davenport goes, it, it seems like we've seen sparks over the last few years, but he's been dealing with injury. Do you think we're starting to see what we've been waiting for? J.D., I'll start with you. Well, the most important ability is availability. Um, when he's been available, he's been productive. Um, and that's the biggest thing. You know, earlier this season, until the last two games, he wasn't available. When he's on the field, he can make a difference. So that's the biggest thing. He's just got to get healthy and stay healthy. That's the biggest thing with Marcus because we've seen when he's on the field, uh, he, he's stronger than he looks, and now he's added to that strength. He's a little bit bigger now. Uh, he's got crazy athleticism now he's gained some weight so you know so maybe some of that athleticism with and you add in the injuries maybe some of that athleticism and ranginess have have you know diminished some but he's still 
is and can be a force, but he got to be on the field. And so if he's on the field, it's a totally different defensive line because of what he can add. Luke? Yeah, it, JD is 100% right on that. It, it, as long as he can he can stay on the field, that, that guy's going to develop into a household name, but he, he has to do that. Uh, and if, if he's missing games and then, then when he's, when he's back, he's only playing like 40% of the snaps because he's, he's, he's lost some of the, the endurance to play a full game. Um, you're not going to see as much of the impact, but when, when he's out there and, uh, and he's healthy, like the guy is, is absolutely unblockable. <laughs> you don't, you don't see too many combinations of people who are that big, that athletic, that strong. Um, and, and who are, playing with a, with a guy like Cam Jordan who can show him all the little tricks to, to get to the quarterback. Uh, he's going to be a very, very good player if he, can, if he can get healthy and stay healthy. Yeah, you saw Cam Jordan interrupt his uh, press conference briefly after the game, which is pretty funny. Um, but on the Monday morning conference call, Sheldon Rankin said this team is six games in and they, they haven't played their best football yet. Defensively, uh, Luke, what do you think this, the Saints defense needs to hone in on to make that happen, to reach their potential? I think it's, it's clear. They, they just need to, they need to figure out what the heck is going on on these, these busted coverages. And I think that's much easier said than done, obviously. Uh, they've been having this problem all season. This, this is a problem that's been going back a couple of years um, where they're, they're good for one or two plays a game where a guy is just running completely wide open. Yeah, you could. I, I feel totally comfortable saying this because I think Dennis Allen would agree with me. There's absolutely no reason that DJ Moore, of all people, should be running with nobody within 10 yards of him. Especially um, when I benched him on my fantasy team. Come on, Caroline. <laughs> Two touchdowns yesterday. You missed I out. I missed out. No, I, but, <laughs> yeah, I, that's just like you're going to undo so many good things that your defense does. Their, their pass rush was really good yesterday. They were they were getting after it in the run in the run game. Uh, yeah, their defensive line and linebackers are playing well. You even had some really good plays in man coverage, but but you undo all of that if, if you have one or two plays a game where you're giving up 70 yards or 40 yards or 30 yards. And they just and then then you know once once teams get down in the red zone, Saints are giving up touchdowns like almost 90 percent of the time this year. Uh, that's it's it's stuff like that where I just think it's it's discipline and it's uh, and it's knowing your assignment um, that. And they've got to get fixed. Even if it has been a problem they haven't been able to fix, they have to figure out a way. JD, I want you to add on to that, but to kind of pile on the question and, and piggybacking off what Luke said, you've seen this team. How do they make those adjustments for the busted coverage? How do they make those changes in the secondary? Well, they keep saying it's communication and bad eyes. And, <clears throat> you know, at some point it's, you know, Luke said, I mean, you just got to fix it. I mean, we can talk about it for days and weeks. Um, it seems it seems to us looking at it pretty pretty elementary now you know like I said, I'm sure it's a lot more complex than that but there is no communication issue that you should have where guys are running that wide open um, Sean Payton said it last week I'm sure Dennis Allen will say it players have said you know Payton said look it's, it's hard for guys to get that open in this league <laughs> it's, it's just hard to do and yet it repeatedly keeps happening to the Saints does take away from from you know if you if you can take away which you can't 
but erase that one one pass, 74 yards. And all of a sudden you look at the defensive stats and you say, yeah, they played a pretty decent game. And even when you add it in total yards, it looks like a pretty decent game. But that one play is the one that stands out in your mind. How does a guy get that open? We saw it a couple of times against the Chargers. How do guys keep getting that open? And so you can, if you're the Saints, expect to beat good teams, really good teams with those kinds of busted coverages because you're giving away free free plays, free points, you know, and, and good teams not only capitalize on that, it's hard enough to stop them when, when you don't give up that. When you do give up that, you just make it a lot easier on them and make it a lot harder on yourself. So how do they fix that communication issue? I don't know. They've been talking about it this whole season and still has, have not been able to quite figure it out. You just got to figure out a way to make teams chip their way down the field, you know, 10, 12 plays and see if you can take advantage. And as Luke mentioned again, I think it's now 18 to 21 teams are against the Saints in the red zone, scoring touchdowns. That's, that's hard <laughs> to do or it's hard to stomach if you're a defense. You got you got to force some field goals. You got to be able, you know, you got you're not going to force turnovers all the time down there, but you got to you got to make them kick some field goals. And if they're scoring touchdown after touchdown when they get there, again, it's going to be hard to beat good teams that way. For our fans who don't know the protocol, because I think I believe this is the first time that the Saints have had to deal with a, um, a positive player on their roster. Luke, can you give us some insight on maybe what this week is going to look like for the Saints and, and for Emmanuel Sanders? Like, is he going to be able to play Sunday if his his tests uh, come back negative? What does that kind of look like for the Saints? So. I think if I, if I got this down correctly, um, it, like he has to, he has to be away from them for 10 days after his first uh, positive test. Okay. Uh, so uh, that means he wouldn't be able to even be back with the team until Sunday, if I have my days right. Uh, so with that in mind, I'd be, I'd be kind of surprised to see him play this week. Uh, because it, he wouldn't be able to practice. Um, now, with everybody else, uh, they, 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 the Saints did the tracing. They did the rapid test after they found out about uh, about Emmanuel. Um, they tested everybody else again and again, uh, and everything came back clear. So it looks like they were able to avoid uh, like the worst case scenario, um, where uh, you know, one one uh, positive test leads to a breakout on the team. Uh, but obviously yeah, it, it's not that simple with the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, they'll, they'll be going through their regular protocols this week, uh, testing everybody regularly. Um, and uh, yeah, they'll be keeping a very close eye on it. And that's obviously something that, that we all have to be very vigilant for all the time. Uh, but with them, especially because they're, they're within, I mean, they're, they're in close quarters. Um, and there's, there's not really much social distancing you can do on a football field. So, um, yeah, it, it's something we'll be keeping an eye on, but, it, but for now, it just, it looks like they avoided the, uh, the, the worst case scenario. Yeah, certainly something we'll have to keep an eye on. And uh, clearly the Saints have gone, gone above and beyond before. And so I would expect that to continue. So we'll have to keep an eye on, eye on that. And uh, best wishes for Emmanuel Sanders as he hopefully recovers. Gentlemen, we appreciate your time. Again, recapping the, the Saints 27-24 win over the Carolina Panthers. We hope you have a great day. And thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. 
Okay, if you want more of an in-depth look at the game yesterday, John DeShazer has you covered on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints app. He'll have articles uh, not only from immediately following the game uh, over the Panthers, but uh, from the press conferences with Sheldon Rankins and Eric McCoy, as well as Sean Payton today. So he will have you up to date with everything you need to, you would want to read about the game uh, on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints app. Before I let you go, quickly a word from our friends at SeatGeek. Just like all of you, SeatGeek can't wait to get back in the stands with you to cheer on the Saints and sing along to our favorite songs again. They're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in the Big Easy, well, easier. Plus, every ticket purchase on SeatGeek is protected by their buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. Seat Geek. All right, that'll do it for our Monday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by Seat Geek. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll have another edition on Wednesday, of course, uh, all week. They will be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday following along uh, with everything you need to know for the Saints and getting you prepared for the upcoming game. Of course, the Saints will take on the Chicago Bears on the road on Sunday of next week at 3.25 p.m. Central. But don't you worry, we'll have you covered with everything you need to know before the game right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast and, of course, on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints app. Thanks for listening, and I'll leave you with this. 